Solomon, in his wisdom in the book of Ecclesiastes, says there's nothing new under the sun. In our world today, there is a new wave of thinking, quote-unquote, spreading rapidly through academia, the media, even into churches. And whether it's social justice, critical race theory, or equity, there's a huge push to tear down the existing structures and systems that we have in place and build back better. But the more you read scripture, the more you see that history does repeat itself. There always has been a spirit of antichrist in the world, and there always will be in this present world as we know it. So tonight, we're going to see how the bad guys of the New Testament, the Pharisees <laughs> and the Sadducees, they haven't really gone away. The names have changed for sure, but in the big picture, their spirit and their ideologies still live on. In the New Testament times, we see Jesus and his disciples often in conflict with the two religious slash political groups called the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These two groups represent two very different ways of thinking about the world, which made for two of the chief parties within the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was like our modern-day Supreme Court, only with 71 seats as opposed to nine, a larger body ultimately ruled by a single high priest. They were a busy group holding court every day, except for, of course, their Sabbath. But in the days of Jesus, the Pharisees and Sadducees carried significant religious and political weight. Though the Roman government loomed large over Israel and Caesar had ultimate charge, the Sanhedrin was the immediate government over the Jews. Their double-barreled shotgun, so to speak, was one of spirituality and the law, meaning they were both formidable and not to be crossed. And in that day, there was Jesus, there was John the Baptist, dressed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He saw through their phoniness with God-inspired clarity. Matthew 3, 7 says that when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? So we don't really hear people speaking that way very often, do we? Well, there weren't that many people who talked like that back in John's day either. But that level of boldness and clarity that John the Baptist had is not a bygone gift that's left in ancient times. It's something that we can have as well. Paul told the Corinthians, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. This is a promise to every believer. The Holy Spirit enables every Christian to understand the things freely given to us by God. This means that you are in this world of spiritual warfare, and you can detect the difference between what is natural and spiritual, or what is human wisdom and what is truth, or what is worldliness and what is the mind of Christ. So tonight, we're going to tackle a very interesting subject, modern-day Pharisees and Sadducees. If there was a modern-day Pharisee or Sadducee, what would they sound like and what positions would they take? And do they really relate to today's political agendas or identity politics? This conversation isn't for people who just want to go with the status quo. It isn't for people who follow like a sheep wherever the popular current is flowing. This is for believers in Jesus who want to be like John the Baptizer and see through the social and political fog. Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor of Doxa Church, and I have two friends back at the table with me, Steve and Becca. Hey, David. How are y'all doing? It's 
Good to be back with Steve. It's been a little while. Yeah. Thanks for hanging in there with me during that long introduction. That was um, good. I'm excited about this conversation. It's going to be, be a good, good, good conversation. How are things for y'all, though? How's everything going? Anything new to alert the listeners to? Well, it's really hard to concentrate at night. I'm flying back to South Africa on Saturday, so Woo-hoo! I get to see family I haven't seen for almost a year and a half. So That's so I'm good. One excited puppy, and my wife's even <laughs> <so. Yeah. laughs> kind of floating. Imagine. He's just floating <laughs> along. Today. That's so exciting, though. Yeah, that's amazing that you get to go back. So excited for you. And Becca, you're doing well. Kids yeah, keeping you doing hopping. great. Oh, yeah. always, always. We're doing good. We've been spending a lot of time outside. It's so nice out right now. It's the best. We're right loving now. it. This is always one of the busier. This is like the under the radar busy time of year. Mm-hmm. End of April, May. You got school closing down. Like there's just there's always something going Graduations, on. Graduations, weddings, lots, yeah. of, lots yeah. of stuff. But it's fun. It's but always exciting. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks for taking your time to listen. This is a very interesting angle that we're going to take but I think it will be helpful for you. So let's dive in. So the topic is modern day Sadducees and Pharisees. Mm -hmm. And so before we dive into that, maybe just a few thoughts. The first one is in order to understand what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. we have to go to the Bible and see, well, what Mm -hmm. were these guys like and what did they do and what did they believe? Yeah. Why did Jesus tease them so much and kind of uh, (laughs) get frustrated with them? (laughs) So I, I guess one of the takeaways is it's easy also to, you know, Sadducees and Pharisees definitely can't be me, right? It must be mm. somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as we go through this, we need to examine our own hearts um, just to see if there's not a little bit of this stuff sitting in us. So first look at ourselves and then look around you to see are there any modern day Pharisees and Sadducees. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's have a look at this. Um, Sadducees, let's start with them. Maybe a comment before I even talk about the Sadducees. So Sadducees and Pharisees, are both groups of people that proclaim to know God, mm-hmm. that proclaim to be followers of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were very sincere people. They they weren't joking about what they did. In fact, they, they lived a pretty ascetic lifestyle. And yeah. uh, most people thought of them as pretty holy holy people, you know, guys mm-hmm. that have got it together. So the first group, the Sadducees, um, were interesting in that they only accepted a limited portion of the Old Testament. Um, and from what I can understand it's the first five books yeah books of moses and so they didn't accept the writings of the prophets or any of the stuff that came afterwards they also interestingly did not believe in the resurrection so mm. when jesus started talking about resurrection and, and you know what god's going to do in the future they, they, they were challenged mm-hmm. um, and so they thought they'd catch jesus out they brought him this um, problem this conundrum of a woman who had married a man and the guy died well he happened to have be one of seven brothers so you know (laughs) in their tradition the next brother was in line and so brother number two brother number three and eventually comes down to brother i mean honestly if i was brother number seven i'd say (laughs) (laughs) something's not good yeah what is happening nevertheless brother number seven was really bad (laughs) she poisoned them all what if she had any insurance policies there yeah, yeah, I mean, man. today, would you get away with that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Seems a little suspect. Yeah, so brother number seven happens to depart as well. And the question is, in the kingdom to come, if there is a resurrection, whose wife will she be? So mm. Jesus responds and he says, you do not understand the nature of the kingdom. In the kingdom, men and women are neither given nor taken in marriage. And it's quite a surprise to a lot of people, but mm-hmm. that's part of the nature of the kingdom. So Jesus um, kind of 
has revelation or insight based on some of the other Old Testament scriptures that do speak of re- um, resurrection. And um, he, he basically uses that to, to challenge their thinking. Um, Modern-day Sadducees are kind of very similar to this. Um, they're very selective in terms of the scriptures that they accept mm. as authoritative. Mm-hmm. And so even in the New Testament, you can kind of give emphasis to certain scriptures as being more important or more correct than, mm-hmm. than, than other portions of scripture. And um, what that would do is distort your, your picture of what the, the New Testament or the New Covenant is all about. Mm. Um, so one of the things mm-hmm. we'd see there is that if you discount certain portions of scripture, you, if you, for instance, are a cessationist, you would not believe in any of the gifts of the Spirit still being active today. Mm-hmm. And so it would be very difficult for you to accept any of those things um, or even to believe mm-hmm. they're coming from God. Mm-hmm. And so there's a dogma that is employed to explain why the rest of the Scripture is not important. Mm-hmm. And you end up with a form of religion which doesn't really need the Holy Spirit. It, you know, men yeah. can do it themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you really end up with a um, situation where there are no spiritual gifts evident, there's no power, there's no revelation, and mm-hmm. you essentially have the blind leading the blind. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not us, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> and they really had a problem with all things supernatural. Oh, yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. which we'll get into this a little bit more, but it's it's very similar today in, in the modern world where we're so, like, science-based. Everything mm-hmm. has to be fact and proven mm-hmm. in this that I can, like, logically reason through that people mm-hmm. don't believe in the supernatural anymore. Mm-hmm. And even Christians mm-hmm. I- have begun to slip into that. Sadly, it bleeds into other lots of other areas, too. Mm-hmm. And it really, I mean, that it will mess you up. Something to be Where do you for. stop? Yeah. I'm, you know... You know, probably one of the greatest distortions is if you do not believe in the resurrection, you kind of put an unnatural weight to the now, the life that you're living now, Mm -hmm. because you don't see the future life, right? Mm -hmm. And so that would definitely change how you approach life. Right. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the second group, Pharisees. Okay, so these guys were interesting. Um, They're probably like most good churchgoers today. Um, They accepted the whole of the Old Testament, all the teachings which were attributed to being breathed by the Holy Spirit, um, God breathed. But they would add human tradition and man-made rules and and certain loads and obligations to the Scripture. In other words, they attempted to interpret it and then um, codify it into a way of living. Mm. So Jesus accused them of nullifying the Word of God by their tradition. And the example that he used was, in their day, there was an obligation for um, folk to look after their parents in their old age. And the Pharisees had this practice of Corbin, I believe it was called, where they would declare something Corbin, and um, that would mean it was dedicated to God. And you didn't have to help your parents because it's been dedicated to God. Mm. But Mm. God is all about relationship, all about family. And so that's very counter, the very heart of who God is. Hmm. So Jesus used that um, as an example saying, you can nullify the word of God by your tradition. Sure doesn't happen today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So um, one of the deeper things is that the, the Pharisees were very concerned with outward appearance. People looked and they saw what seemed to be a holy man, seemed to be a good mm-hmm. person. Yeah. They went out of their way to obey every one of the rules 
religiously the letter of the law. But Jesus' teaching often reveals um, a level of holiness which is way beyond the external requirement of the law. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you know, if you're angry with someone, you could be guilty of murder and in danger of hell. You know, that's, mm -hmm. this is like, wow. Um, in fact, if you, if you look at a woman um, in the wrong way, you could be guilty of adultery in your heart, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the Pharisees, their, their level was, but Moses said we can write a letter of divorce. <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. Jesus says, no, well, you know, this wasn't God's best plan. It's just because you guys have got hard hearts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, so it reveals a way of um, walking out um, religious obligation, which is separate from the very spirit and heart of what God intended right. um, and is devoid of genuine relationship with God and, in fact, often with people. Jesus accused them of putting a heavy burden on the people and that they themselves were unable to measure up to the standard which they were actually proclaiming to the people. Right. And so, yeah, we, you know, this is something which you can really see easily even in churches today. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so what are some of the hallmarks if we transpose that into our time? What does it kind of look like? You know, what do these modern day Pharisees look like? Probably the word I think that would summarize it for me would be religious spirit. If you see a religious spirit um, mm -hmm. at work, Mm -hmm. um, and, and the Bible would define that as the letter that brings death with mm -hmm. no life from the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay, So essentially you'd see people that are really rule-based. They essentially take all the teachings of the New Testament and they attempt to keep them in the power of the old man. In other words, they're not living by the Spirit. They've, in a sense, made a set of rules out of the mm -hmm. New Covenant mm -hmm. and they're trying to live it with an unregenerated life, which mm -hmm. is, wow, that is impossible. Mm. How can you, you know, you couldn't keep the law. The requirement that Jesus brings is like a heart thing, which is way higher than the law. How on earth are we going to keep that mm -hmm. without the help of the Holy Spirit? It's not possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You see those kind of people and they're bitter and they're angry about, about Christianity. And it's exactly what you said. They're trying to live this new covenant in their own strength. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no spirit empowerment the motivation wasn't love the motivation was just like performance mm -hmm. and measuring up and pleasing someone else and that just burns people doesn't out doesn't work and fries them mm -hmm. yeah they, you're you're it really you can't do that forever yeah. yeah and and you know jesus kind of points out just how empty that is when he spoke to the pharisees he said to them you guys study the scriptures diligently and you think that you have life in them Mm -hmm. And actually, these scriptures are speaking about Jesus. And so the purpose of the scripture is to point to who God is so mm -hmm. that you can have a relationship with mm -hmm. him. Um, but it's possible to venerate scripture mm -hmm. beyond your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, some people would even substitute <coughs> written scripture, you know, words on a page with God. And mm -hmm. so in a sense that God breathed, they have the origin with God, mm -hmm. but they're essentially not God. You know, mm -hmm. he's, mm -hmm. he's a person who can have a relationship with him. Mm. And have a relationship with a piece of paper with some ink on it right <laughs> right right yeah. yeah so what are some of the other results we'd see um because it's a systemized way of doing religion the effect on church is is often um, a systemized approach and so you start having pastors that look more like ceos than, mm -hmm. than pastors you start seeing uh, uh, elders acting more like a board of directors than mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. elders and so the whole family kind of dynamic of the, the church falls apart and it's, it's really um, becomes a, a machine that pedals the gospel for gain. You know, it mm -hmm. yeah. becomes a financial instrument. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that stands out for me is that they have substituted the power and the presence of God for programs and performance. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So a religious spirit will excel at the outward form but will deny the power of God. 
Mm. And that's essentially what the Pharisees were doing. So mm-hmm. you, you'll see a lot of smoke and lights and you know, all these kind of wonderful things that are entertaining, <laughs> but no real evidence of God, no signs mm. of something extraordinary following those who believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I know that's maybe a long-winded way of going about it, but I oh. kind of put it out there as to well what I see. Well yeah. said. Great historical background mm-hmm. to, to bring us right into the day. You already touched on this, Stephen. You mentioned this. The Pharisees completely missed with the, with the written word of God. They almost, in a sense, worshipped that. Yeah. They you literally know? venerated it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they, like, to, the, to the point where God's standing next to them and they cannot see him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. even today, pe- people do the same thing with like, okay, this is the Bible. I got to study this. I got to get all this mm-hmm. information out of it. Knowledge, and they turn it into a textbook. They turn it into a guidebook. Mm-hmm. And they miss the fact that the author of the book is, if you know Jesus Christ, the Inside author of the book of is right there with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and the whole point is to get to know the author better. Yeah. It's not just a piece mm-hmm. of informational literature. Mm-hmm. Of course, there is truthful information all throughout it, mm-hmm. but it's a living, living book. It's mm-hmm. living and breathing and active. Yes, yes. The Pharisees miss that completely, even today. great overview of of both groups but in talking about modern day pharisees i want to get really open to start because this topic hits home i know for me in several different ways um, because in my life right now i see so many friends who i went to christian college with you know i worked at christian camp with a church went to church with who are deconverting or deconstructing into deconversion so do you mean by that like in the old days we'd say apostate or yes <laughs> yes yeah yeah that, that's what it would be yeah. but yeah. it's this new kind of buzzword term that yeah yeah everyone for some, some reason right? yeah yes yeah. for some reason it's it's very popular yeah. term departing from the faith <laughs> departing from the faith yeah. yes and there are people are at different you know places i think within that you got to be careful using that term. I mean, this is really just for the people out there because some people are like, oh, well, I have to deconstruct this aspect or component of my faith. But I would say, hey, how about you just you're growing in spiritual maturity and you're and you're overcoming like maybe a deficiency in a faulty view. It's more tearing down than yeah. actually yeah. weighing things out. But mm-hmm. I do think it's important to look honestly at some actual failures in the Christian world and even in the church because a lot of fingers are being pointed right now. And I want to be clear, though, when I say this, Jesus has not failed. You know, the universal Mm -hmm. New Testament church, which Jesus raised up, has not, will not fail, will not promise right Mm -hmm. there. So we have to remember that. Um, but we do have to admit and know that individuals do fail. We sin. We have sin struggles. Um, when when they do, when they fall, it does affect people. And I do think one of these failures that has adversely affected people is 
Phariseeism, or, or you could also use the term legalism, and I'll explain kind of the two here. So I have two points today. I have, number one, what is legalism? How do I recognize it in my own heart? And then two, what is the difference between obedience and good works stemming from faith and good works to gain standing with God? First one, what is what is legalism? John Piper defines it as the conviction that law keeping is the ground for our acceptance with God. So it's really a failure to be amazed at grace. Hmm. We all have that propensity to be legalists. So we're quite literally born with that bent, right? Because we mm-hmm. don't like what grace says about us as humans. <laughs> we don't like it. Uh, grace says we have a need that cannot be fulfilled in ourselves. Um, we're literally studying this in our women's Bible study right now. Mm-hmm. You, know, you are not enough and that's okay. <laughs> but God, because God is. So in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, we're told, For by grace we are saved through faith, not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, lest any man should boast, um, you know, not of works. We can do mm-hmm. nothing to earn any kind of good standing with God. All our righteousnesses are filthy rags. So we are not righteous, no, not one. I mean, these are clear, clear principles and in, in truths in Scripture. Only Jesus could bridge that gap and fulfill the law. That's incredibly freeing if we believe in him alone. It's incredibly freeing. But the fact is, we are sinners on this side of eternity. Mm. And so Pharisees, they have the same resistance to grace, but they're hiding behind these huge massive walls of, you know, religion and knowledge and and good works. Mm-hmm. And so they're puffed up legalists. Jesus was always at odds with the Pharisees because, you know, Jesus was always going after the heart. Um, mm-hmm. The Pharisees were caught up in the externals and keeping the letter of every law, mm-hmm. adding more and more rules to into the law to gain standing mm-hmm. with God. Jesus condemned that very, very strongly. So we have to watch any kind of tendency that there is in us to do that. Luke eleven forty five through 47, Steve also mentioned this um, when he says, Woe to you, you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the loads with one of your fingers. And he contrasts mm-hmm. that in Matthew eleven thirty, and says that his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Mm-hmm. Um, so he set himself in, in the complete opposite you know, place as the Pharisees. And his yoke, um, we know, is one of repentance and faith and obeying him out of a heart that has been changed and mm-hmm. motivated by love, not fear or duty. I think we need to recognize that just conforming to a set of man-made standards, which I've definitely tried to do in my life, it is, it is hard and it is scary and it is not joyful or free Mm. at all um but focusing on the external trying to earn our standing with god it is not genuine faith it is Mm -hmm. it doesn't work it's centered on man too you know it's all you're always like looking at what the other person's doing or what am i not doing right you're falling short and you're comparing yes yeah it's just even as you're chatting there just you know, just the word self-righteous kind of jumps mm-hmm. out. You know, it's like a yeah. Like um, I think in the New Testament, there's a, this example of the the one guy that says, 
Lord, God, thank you that I'm not like these these, mm. these other guys. You know? Yes. And it's, it's mm. like the self-righteous. I've, I've arrived, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm a good guy, you know, <laughs> self-righteousness. Um, and then there was the guy who was humble, you know, and he just like, oh, God, yeah. I'm a sinner. He didn't even look up to heaven. Mm. Right. And so who do you think was justified? Yes, it will only leave us empty, feeling like a failure, because it's not possible to keep the law, right? Jesus was the only one that <laughs> fulfilled the law for us. He was the perfect one. Um, but Luke 5, 31 through 32 says that he didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't saying that he only came to save those who needed him most, but those who recognize their need for him. Mm-hmm. So while the Pharisees were keeping their distance, you know, and putting walls around their hearts, the tax collectors, the sinners, they were hungry for him. So we don't need to look much further for legalism than our own hearts. We do Mm -hmm. have to root this sin out because we have to deal with our sin every day, right? We have to confess um, every every day we're living. But Mm -hmm. here I just have a few questions to kind of gauge where we may be at. First, do I know what to say and do, but not live it out? Hmm. Is there dissonance between what I say I believe and what I actually do? Hmm. Is there a disconnect between my knowledge and my heart? First Corinthians 8, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Do I do good works to be seen or valued by others? Do I take my personal convictions and applications of principles and put them on the level of God's commands? Hmm. Do I lack grace and love for the people around me? Do I cover, excuse, hide my sin instead of daily confessing and repenting it? I was very convicted myself in looking through this and praying through this and studying through this because... I have got to check my heart on those things. God cares about my motives every single time. Marshall Siegel in his article, The Making of a Modern Pharisee, actually says this, and it was really helpful to me. When we recognize the disconnect between the head and the heart, the solution is not simply for more head knowledge. Yes, the knowledge is vital, Romans 10.2, but it's not key to reviving our hearts. God is. Knowledge doesn't open our eyes and ears. God does. God must drag our knowledge of him into our hearts, light it on fire by his spirit with faith and love and joy. We need him in every possible way every day for without him, we can literally do nothing. So yes, I think the church does have a problem with Pharisees (laughs) and it always will. But the solution is for God to change our very hearts of stone and make them into hearts of flesh. So my encouragement is let's not go into legalism, but don't run away, you know, just because of seeing sin in others or in yourself. Hmm. And don't add weight to your shoulders by pursuing change out of guilt or self-reliance. Lay it all aside, all of that, the sin, the fear, the pride, and depend on Jesus daily because we can't, literally, we can't do any of it on our own. Only he can. <laughs> and <laughs> that's just where we're at as he yeah. is. So. There's a very good friend of mine, Will Marie. He says this. He says, um, we don't do to become. 
but now that we are, we do. And yes. I just picture, as you're speaking of, like huh. a whole lot of chickens, you know, in the yard, you know, <laughs> all eating the dirt. And the Pharisees are like the guys that have perfected picking, eating in the dirt. They do it better than anybody else. <laughs> but yes. something happens when you become a believer. You know, you become a new creation in Christ. You're no longer a chicken. You're like an eagle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you and so you start soaring, you know. So, yeah. so it's, like, it's like now that you're an eagle, you soar. <laughs> yeah, it's, I yeah. love it's, that. That's the kind of picture, right? That's so eagle good. Soar. We don't obey for acceptance. Mm. We obey because we are accepted. Yes. Yes. You know, just mm. know that. Live live boldly and, and again, confidently. It's not more knowledge and more doing that will change. It's it's God has to change our hearts. Chicken's gotta become an eagle. Mm. Chicken's gotta be- become an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this has been super helpful. We've got the historical overview. We've we've been getting applications sprinkled in throughout. Uh, we've we've taken a good hard look at legalism and how that just contrasts with where our heart needs to be. I want to just bring out a couple other contrasts between the two historically, and then dive right into a larger focus on the Sadducees. But the Pharisees, they represented the middle class people of Israel, if you, if you want to kind of think about it from the political sense. The title Pharisee comes from the Hebrew term for separated ones or pious ones. They, and they really were the self-appointed lay leaders who represented the Jewish mm-hmm. everyday man. That was who they spoke to, ministered to. And their credibility totally rested on their strict adherence to the law. And then the extra biblical tradition that they added to it. Mm-hmm. This is the easiest way to think about it. They took mm-hmm. the law, mm-hmm. they added to it. And this merit-based righteousness, strictly following the Lord's old covenant system to the point that it wasn't good enough just to follow it. You had to do A and B and C, and then you had to do addendum D mm-hmm. and, and E and F mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. It, to be really spiritual. Yeah. So the religion of the Pharisees did create a controlling influence where they had the power they always prop themselves up over the everyday man and it was to the point where the regular people were like you know what i can never really measure up to that i could never be that spiritual and i that's just not who i am i can't be that that person for god they probably use different words, David. They probably didn't say, I couldn't be that spiritual. I just can't follow all of those rules. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. True. Yeah. So they prop themselves up as yeah. gatekeepers mm-hmm. for God's acceptance, mm-hmm. which in and of itself just reeks with pride, right? I mean, you can see that. That's your Pharisees. Sadducees, in a similar vein here, a couple of their nuanced points on them. They were very few in number compared to the Pharisees. There wasn't nearly as many, in in Jesus' day, there wasn't as many Sadducees as there were Pharisees. But they were no less dangerous. They were the philosophical ideologues who didn't go for the middle class. They represented and they reached the aristocratic, Mm -hmm. Israelite, upper class the the they were just the elitists okay mm-hmm. they're behind the scenes elitists they're mingling you know with with the roman crowd a little bit and in in today's modern sense it would be like the type of the type of christian who is the all out intellectual i want to rub i want to rub shoulders with all and i mean obviously there's nothing wrong with education there's nothing wrong with like understanding scripture on a very deep level and in reading books but 
you can really turn that into a religion of its own in a comparison mm-hmm. game in, in a in a status in a symbol game mm-hmm. and that's really where the where the Sadducees were with all this the intellectual elitists so they denied as we said any form of physical resurrection or identity in the afterlife and they promoted really what we could say an ancient brand of secular humanism Mm. their godless philosophy had hardened their heart too in the other extreme and their hearts were also driven by money and power Mm. and this heart digression formed them into pragmatists running Jerusalem's temple like modern day like a modern day casino. They had this racketeering scheme to buy and sell and clean animals to needy Jews on the pilgrimage for the Passover and Jesus didn't have any of that, you know, mm-hmm. Matthew 21. Overturned those tables and made a whip and drove them out of God's mm-hmm. house of prayer. The peddling of the gospel for gain, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you have the Pharisees. They add to scripture Sadducees, they, they take away. They're only looking at like the, the bare bones essentials that they, they had. And they, create, they both ended up creating their own religion, in a sense, their own theology, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So many religious Christians today, I would say, as, as Beck has pointed out, they can struggle with legalism. That's going to be a temptation that we should be aware of. So what doesn't get as much attention, modern-day Sadducees. This isn't the legalistic life. This isn't like, let's make all these rules. Don't do this or that or this or that. This is more of the, hey, let's strip it back. What do we want it to say? Mm -hmm. What is going to blend the best with the powers that be Mm and the culture and the government? You see the Sadducees did that. And do Mm -hmm. you see progressive Christianity falling into the same Mm -hmm. trap today? And I mean, self-described woke Christians. You know, we really are witnessing this trend emerge, and this isn't going to last forever. There's going to be a new wave of this. This always comes in cycles. It comes and goes. This isn't anything new under the sun. But progressive Christianity strips away anything that doesn't jive with whatever culture tells us we should be thinking or feeling. Mm -hmm. And you can see this in the world. It should never be happening to the church, but I was having a conversation with a pastor friend of mine the other day, and I was just talking about some of the things that we can see. And for example, this is just one one issue that we won't get too deep into, but you know, you get the border crisis and the border of Mexico and the United States where there's just terrible things happening there with criminals and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. that is is despicable and sad, the heartbreaking worst things of humanity that you see there. Mm-hmm. Well, if that was happening in a previous administration, it would be blared in the news, it would mm-hmm. be posted everywhere. And what do we know about Christians from the last four years? They would be all up in arms, like, this is unjust, this is inhumane, and like, how mm-hmm. dare we? We had to take a stand for this. And Christians would be going off on how, how wicked and evil it is. Mm-hmm. But because the media isn't shoving it in your face, how mm-hmm. terrible it is, most people are silent about it. Mm-hmm. And they're literally just going hook, line, and sinker with what the media yeah. tells them they should be outraged about. Our outrage is dictated by the news yeah. cycle. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And so you're not being led of the Spirit. You're not focusing on the truth of God's Word. What is He calling you to do? Who has He made you to be? You have people who are just following the wind and the wave and the current of whatever popular culture, whatever direction they, they flow. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, I can attach some religious labels to this and I can sound spiritual. Mm-hmm. That's what a Sadducee did. 
And that is what we have to actually be on guard against as well. Mm -hmm. As Christians, we are called out. We are called to be salt and light in this world, to be ministers of reconciliation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We don't think the same way as the world. Mm -hmm. We don't have the same agenda or the same goals as the world. So why would we allow the world's narrative to craft the way we think and to mm -hmm. craft what we're outraged about or what we talk about or what we think on is Sunday. important? Right. right, right. So that's really the biggest part I wanted to bring out about this. With the Sadducees in the Bible, of course, you know, they're against the supernatural, literal hell, like all those things. And, and you see it again, right? Like, and it always starts with, we don't have the proper view of God's revelation mm -hmm. that, is, that is the divine standard of truth because we, we miss that watershed point. Oh, if I don't really love what the Bible says here, mm -hmm. then maybe that was a misinterpreted piece. And then the Bible, you know, couldn't really mean that. And, and we have to, we have to interpret it correctly. Kind, so it couldn't mean that. Uh, I just know, couldn't see eyes. a God doing it. Yeah, mm -hmm. right, right. You, right. you go down that road and then not only do you eventually start denying hell, a literal hell, you just go well, yeah, one you step. Name it. Yeah, you name it. It's like, well, could, could there really been a virgin birth? Like, and, and you're going to, you eventually go down this slippery slope to absolutely, you don't believe in anything. So my challenge for all of us, just like it is with, with Becca and Steve here, be on guard against legalism and that natural bent we have to perform and to check boxes and to be a rule follower because we do get some satisfaction, some temporary satisfaction and relief when we do that. Mm -hmm. Likewise, with modern-day Sadducees, it's really easy to cave on what the Bible says, mm -hmm. no longer stand firm for that truth, but to let your affections and your emotions and your beliefs be dictated by, mm -hmm. by something other than mm -hmm. the truth. And then your spirit is eventually poisoned. And you know, self is a really bad God mm -hmm. because it, it's never satisfied. There's, there's never enough. Yeah. There's no end. Once you, once you yeah. start going down that road, yeah. truly it's never satisfied and you see that in the you know quote-unquote woke crowd too mm -hmm. you know it's it's very unsustainable because mm -hmm. one minute it's this completely one thing, inconsistent yeah the next minute it's another thing and right. people are the rules are changing themselves right. And, right you know it's not possible to sustain or keep up with it or satisfy anyone anyway yeah the walls are going to start caving in on people and then you're really in a yeah. bad place. Be vigilant, stand firm. The devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Mm -hmm. And there's there's more than one way that Satan works, right? He doesn't just try to get you to sin. He wants you to fall asleep as well. So mm -hmm. he's also really good at lullabies. And, and he, he and he will put us to sleep on, on some of this stuff. He's really good too at, you know, putting a little tiny bit of truth mm -hmm. in a lot of error. Mixing that together really is yeah. very dangerous. So yeah. we got to be vigilant we got to know that we do have to know the word and what it says and mm -hmm. we need each other to be checking each other and having you know conversations and noticing when we're getting off yeah and i mean one thing i thought of too when you were talking even becca about the the legalistic side it's one thing to teach the bible and to open up god's word and share what the truth is and bring in some application allow the holy spirit to convict someone right that's what we should be doing we should be asking questions, allow the Holy Spirit to convict someone and to, and to, and to allow that individual to make their own 
personal standard, mm-hmm. but their own conviction that they came to through studying God's word mm-hmm. and listening to the Holy Spirit speak. Like that's right. that's what we're shooting for. Right. But it's really easy. I've I've heard good people, people that I respect, even even just recently in the, within the last week, say things like, "Well, hey, you shouldn't listen to this type of music by this group of music because they have some." error in their teaching in this Mm -hmm. one particular way. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I would just Mm -hmm. caution you, you can easily fall into that trap and, hey, maybe they have a point. You know what? That church? Yeah. I wouldn't agree with that specific teaching that that church has. But Mm -hmm. if you have actually just backtrack it, I mean, I came from a I came from a background where it's like we have to write off this person, this person, this person, this person because they didn't agree exactly with us. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's like, wait a minute. If the person knows Jesus and they contributed something, you don't have to agree with with mm-hmm. every single last thing that they say mm-hmm. to still receive spiritual benefit. The mm-hmm. the point is is the Lord going to use that piece of art that piece and is of, there truth in it? Yeah, is is it know? is it true? And can the Lord use it even if you don't line up exactly with that person? If the answer is yes, and the, the Lord can use that in your life, it's not mm-hmm. our job to tell other people what their personal convictions can be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right, like right. that's just what we have. Very careful of that. Yes. Yes. Very very watchful there. That's all we have for this specific topic. We may have opened up a couple cans of worms <laughs> out there and if you have feedback, you have questions, you have concerns with anything we said or just any any questions that that we have brought up we would love to hear from you and we love to talk more with you about that you Absolutely. can always reach out to us docsupstate.church we have a podcast page right there it's under under ways to connect so it's right there where we post all, our, all of our podcasts many of you listen on spotify many of you also listen on itunes you can find our instagram page docs underscore dialogue where We'll make posts, you know, different different things are out there. But there's also a great way to connect with us through that, ask questions. And we'd love, love to hear from all of our listeners. Thanks for listening and have a good day. You are loved. Always.